Well, welcome back to the Steve Sully study. We're here at Woodbury House Art Gallery in Mayfair, and we've got a part two with Mr. Charlie Mullins. Charlie, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for a second episode. And uh, let's just talk all things since the, the last episode last year. Um, when we spoke, it was roughly about within about six months of you selling Pimlico Plumbers for roughly near, nearly £150 million, if I re- remember rightly. Um, now you've got basically £150 million in your bank. Do you ever visualise and think about becoming a billionaire? Oh, um, no, to be honest, I, I, that's not my intention. Obviously, you know, I'd, I'd love to do that and, and get the money, but I'm not putting myself out to do that, you know, but I'm keeping my head above the water in the business world, you know, with different things and that, but I'm not really pushing for that, I'll be honest. Um, you know, I feel that I've got enough money and, um, and and I'm content with that, but in the same token, um, strange things happened, you know. I mean, uh, my eye is always on the ball kind of thing and, and looking for different things and things that may happen and... Um, you know, maybe push his tours a little bit, mate. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's not my intention, but never say never. Okay. So um, I know you've got an OBE. Yes. So my question to you is this: If push came to shove, what would you prefer? One hundred and fifty million in your bank or the OBE status? Oh, it's a no-brainer. I mean, uh, all day long, the money. Oh, it's lovely to have the OBE and. Uh, you know, very, very um, unrespectful to it, and, and it's probably one of the biggest achievements I've ever done. Um, but, you know, it doesn't pay the bills, you know. Um, you know, and, and, you know, not many people mention the OBE. You know, it's mentioned when it needs to be, and, you know, and, and as I say, I'm over the moon I got it and thought it was something I'd never get, but I swapped that all day long for money, you know what I mean? I mean, you know, even a mill, if I'm being honest. I think if you said there's a million pounds on the table... You don't have the metal. Well, maybe not a mil, but five or ten mil, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the OBE status must be a nice medal to have, and it must open up many other doors to different networks. That being a businessman or someone very, very wealthy, you probably can do that anyway, but it's that extra tick uh, box, you know, the box ticked, and then you can have more conversations with like-minded people because of the OBE status. Oh, undoubtedly, I mean, it's worth its weight in gold, and... and you know, the, the, the power and value of it is incredible. Um, it's just that, you know, I suppose I'm, I'm you know, I'd love a pound note. Like, you know I mean, I chase all around London for a pound note. <laughs> and you'd probably be the only. <laughs> I'm there definitely for sure, Charlie. Um, so stereotypically, if someone was listening to you for the first time or listening to any successful business person for the first time who just, you know, sold their company for over £100 million, there is stereotypical titles or let's say, descriptions. Some might say obsessed. Some might may say ruthless. Some might, may say hardworking. Some may say very, very positive. There's all different yeah, ways to describe course, someone. Yeah. But would you say to earn £150 million in one sale, do you have to be ruthless? Um, all the things you just said, I think you need to have a bit of all of them. It's, you know, If you just had one, it wouldn't be enough. I don't know if the right word is ruthless is right, but I'm very direct, I'm very blunt, I'm very positive, I'm very assertive. Um, you know, we don't take no prisoners, but whether you class that as ruthless, I, I wouldn't say ruthless because I think ruthless is that you don't care about anybody and you're, you're just going to, you know, nick their business or chop them. You know, I, I'm like, you know, I love, love a level playing field and um, normally 
I'm always behind kind of thing uh, on a level playing field and you know you step it up a bit and and get what you want so I don't quite think the word ruthless but people can call me what we want what they want people call me rude blunt ignorant whatever you know what I mean I, I don't have a problem with it um, you know I know that what I do works and I know hopefully that if other people use some of the things that I do it helps them you know it worked for me so why won't it work for others yeah and you was in business for roughly about 41 years, is that right? That's correct, yeah. Um, yeah. Pimlico Plumbers, 79, and sold it uh, to 2021. Um, yeah, about 41 years, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I sort of learned in business, you, you know, business is a long-term venture. You don't realise that when you start because you can't visualise right down the line. But as the years tick by, and, you know, if you're doing okay and, and you know, you know, it it's, it's, takes a while to get the proper success, you know. I mean, even if you've got it one year, you know, it's got it's continuously got to keep going. And I will say to anybody, the longer in, the longer you're in business, the better you'll be at it. And if it's going to work for you, you know, it ain't going to work overnight, kind of thing. I mean, I wish I'd known that at the start because you don't, you know what I mean. You just think, you know, you're going to hit the big time. Hit the, and you know, we've all learned. In, in lessons in life and one of the things I've learned in life that if you come to the front too quick you can't stay there so you're better off to boom 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 come there then all of a sudden you're there and, and, and you've done all the you know you've done all the training you know when we're talking box you've done all the training and, and you can stay there kind of thing yeah yeah so in, in 41 years is it fair to say you had to be not only dedicated but obsessed with increasing the standards and the culture in your brand every single day yeah, I mean, there's no two ways about that. I think that, you know, once you're up and running and, and you, you work out, you know, what you're trying to achieve and what type of outfit you want to be, and, and, and I think that, you know, you are obsessed with it. You, you, you're going to say, look, I've got this idea. I knew it was going to work. It just was taking the time. You know, I knew that top quality plumbing service would work. I didn't think it would work to 150 mil extent and, you know, over the years, I've probably had 200 mil out of the company. So, you know, it, it, it was a, definitely a winner, but it was trying to, like, get it out there, you know, changing the stigma of, of plumbers or changing the stigma of tradesmen. And, um, but it worked eventually, you know, and, and, and now, you know, the, the market's screaming out for that type of thing. You know, any, I've, all, I've always, I was told, like, many years ago, and, and I passed that message on now, people will always pay for quality. You know, it's like a... Savile Row suit, as you can see, um, you know, people will always pay for it. And, and there's nothing wrong with a suit in, in Marks and Spencer's or Top Man or whatever, if that's what you want, but people will always pay for quality. And, and I have had that in my mind on, on the service we offered and it proved correct, you know, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, over the years, since you've expanded Pimlico Plumbers before you sold it, you must have had some really good employees, but also equally some ones that m may have been right at the start, but they fell out of the culture or they weren't aligned with the brand no more. So how many people did you have to get rid of in 41 years being at Pimlico Plumbers? Yeah. Look, at the early days, loads, nonstop. But as time went on, you got more and more sort of clued up on, on the type of people you take on. And, you know, like, if they if they didn't stack up, they'd be more noticeable. So, uh, I mean, many over the years, you've got to go through thousands of people. Um, but, but again, you know, you learn that, you know, that as you, 
all the different people coming through the door and you start seeing signs that are not right and and you know and then when you get the right one i mean i had some people with me at pimlico for 40 years 30 years 20 10 5 you know what i mean and uh and they, they was you know they they've got a job for life you know that was my sort of uh, set up kind of thing you know we used to sort of say to our customers we hope that we'll be your plumbers for life and you will until you fuck up basically and I think it's the same with staff if you can get the right staff and look after them give them the incentives they're going to be with you forever and you know I've heard people go to me oh I'm a terrible sort of person to work for and all that and you know and that's that's their view and that's that but they they obviously you know an employer doesn't want to get rid of staff they don't want to get rid of you. you. Want to make sure they're right. You do everything you can to think they're right. And unfortunately, if they don't stack up, and then you say, "Look, you know, it's time to go," you know, of course, people don't like it. But um, you know, that's one of the things to make a successful business is how you employ your staff and how you get rid of them. And any business that I'm going to go into or get involved with, my policy is if you bring them in the right way. And you've got it sorted at the HR end. So, you know, on the recruitment side, you bring them in correctly. They're what you want. And then if, if and when you've got to get rid of them, you can get rid of them the right way. You, you've got a winning formation because they, as they come in and you put them through how you want them to work. And then if they've got to go, you can do it the proper way. Um, and, and, it's gonna, and it works. So, you know, so important to get the recruitment right and so important to get the the HR right, you know what I mean? Because, and and I don't think you can fail on that basis, providing in between that you, you've got a, a product that people want to pay for and, and, you know, you've got it right. I mean, the bit in the middle simple, you know, getting them in and getting rid of them is the difficult thing. And I don't know if I've ever asked you this question, but I get a feeling you're going to know the answer anyhow. As an employer, when do you think is the best time to get rid of someone? I, I know this answer because I've actually listened to a few of your podcasts and it's the moment that you start thinking about it. That's correct, yeah. And, you know, and if you've, more you think about what I just said, so as soon as you start thinking, well, he's coming in late, he's a pest, he smells of booze, he's this, he's that, you know, always got a million problems kind of thing. And they often don't go away, you know what I mean? And, and I've, I've learned in the end, I mean, sometimes people used to ring me up, especially my son that was running the um, call centre, and they go, oh, we've got so-and-so, and, you know, he started coming in late. And he said, I already know the answer. He said, and then he's like, you know, then he's making excuses, get it, you know, and, all that. and then he smells the booze and all that. And I said, he's got to go. He said, well, I knew you'd say that. And I don't think it's ruthless. You've already given them a chance. And, and you know, they're not, they're not children. They're not on, like, two-bob money. They're on top dollar. And it, it, it just sends the wrong message around, around the building. You've got someone in that's negative, you know, if they... You know, a lot of people live off uh, em employers now. They live off the fact that you can't get rid of them, you can't this. The, the answer is get rid of them. Don't worry about, you know, going to court and messing about and all that kind of thing. You're going to do it the right way. And if you slip up, you're still better off, you know what I mean? I mean, some people used to say to me when I've got rid of someone, they go, oh, I'm going to take you to court and all of this. And I was bringing you in 100 grand a year and all that. And, you know, and, and you know, my answer is that I'm better off about you. You know what I mean? And uh, whatever's going to be attacking me for it, let's, let's have it because I know that you're not right kind of thing. And that that is such a bad thing in a business, having people that are wrong. You know what I mean? And you can get them right. I mean, you know, you've got to give them their opportunity. But a lot of people were just, you know, they've got that chip on their shoulder and, 
you know, don't really want to work and all that nonsense, yeah. About having integrity, I guess. Um, I heard as well from previous interviews and podcasts that you've done, you say that plumbers are really good liars. How true is that? Um, did I actually say that? Yeah, as in plumbers are really good liars because they come up with really good excuses. Yeah. Or, oh, sorry. Okay, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I probably meant it just not just plumbers, but, the, you know, we used to get a lot of, when I first started off, a customer would ring you up and say, can you come and finish this job? My plumber's van's broken down. My plumber's wife, his wife's expecting a baby. He's broke his arm. And this was a general thing that people make excuses over the years. And we got all the excuses and then... You know, when I, when customer used to ring uh, and they go, um, oh, I wonder if you can finish it, you know, plumber, I've been waiting six weeks. And I, and I used to say to them, well, he broke his arm. Oh, how do you know that then? I said, well, that means he doesn't want to do the job. He, you know, he makes out, he's got a better job or, or his van keeps broken down or his van was stolen or his van was broken into. Um, I mean, I'm not saying them things don't happen, but, you know, people come out with them lies and excuses and... Um, I wouldn't just say it was plumbers. I'm just saying, you know, unfortunately, that's the lies that people tell. And we run an honest company and, and very transparent. And, you know, I said to, you know, our call centre staff, if tell, you know, tell the customer the real reason why the plumber's late, why he ain't there, you know, or, you know, don't give them all that he's got stuck in traffic. You know, you just, look, he's running late. You know, he didn't turn in today. You, do you know what I mean? And I said, if you're honest with people... You know, they go along with you. I say, okay, well, look, get me someone or something. But you start all that nonsense about the van's broke down and he's broke his arm and his wife and he, you know, and the cat ain't drunk his milk last night and all this nonsense. So I just think that the best way to deal with it is the honesty side of it. And as I say, you know, you very rarely get a plumber ringing and says he's ill. He's always like, you know, the cat ain't drunk the milk or the postman ain't turned up or my granny's like, we're celebrating my granny. She died like 200 years ago, you know what I mean? And all this nonsense. Um, but some of the excuses they come out with are just amazing, you know what I mean? I mean, you know, when they always do that one, you know, oh, my wife's been here all night, you know, and all that. And, and, and I'm, you know, he says, and, oh, I've been looking after her and all that. And I'm thinking, she wouldn't want you looking after her if she was ill, you know what I mean? Like, she'd, she'd want you out of the house. But, you know, they just come up with, like... And not just plumbers, it's generally a lot of people. I love it when someone just comes on and tells the truth, you know what I mean? Just, I mean, you know, when we was working there, I can tell who's going to come in on a Monday, who's not. Because they start all that, they're making that. When it's when it's like Thursday, they're like, oh, you know, I think I'm coming down. We say, well, there's a shock, it? you won't be in tomorrow. And then, and then Monday they're not in, and then Tuesday they're in and go... They ring your money and go, oh, I thought I was coming down saying, and then you think, you're just lying. You've yeah. been you've been out on the piss all weekend. You you had a party to go to. Why not be truthful? And, you know, they're the same people. They get the Monday and Friday illness. Nobody knows what it is, but they always get it. You know what I mean? I've never had that in my life, Monday or Friday illness. Never had it. You know what I mean? It's, um, it, yeah, that's it. They And you can tell. You can just tell. They go, I don't know what it is, but... I'll be back to work tomorrow. Well, how do you know that then? You might you might have something that you can't get rid of. But you, anyhow, sorry, I'm waffling there. So it, it, I know you can't name any names and I wouldn't expect you to, but can you remember in 41 years the most outrageous excuse that someone gave you, regardless whether it was yeah. an admin person, a plumber, a salesperson, what they fed you and you yeah. thought, you know what, I've got to get rid of this person? Yeah. Um, well, it's been, there's been many. I mean... Um, 
I mean, the ones that all you saw always bother me when it's like, you know, my cat's been sick in the night and I'm thinking, but you're not a vet. You know, you've got a wife at home, you've got, you know, all these people and yet all of a sudden you think you're a vet. And what, what are you going to do if your cat's been sick kind of thing? Um, yeah, for ones like that, I've had it where, you know, uh, you know, just things on oh, my son's bike's been stolen and the police think they've found it and I've got, you know, I've got to go on the other side of the line. Just, I mean, some of the things are so... They're not even funny, they're just stupid. But, uh, you know, there, there has been somewhere where somebody's, somebody's birthday was somebody's birthday and it was like something like, you know, it's a road sweeper's birthday or something, you know what I mean? It was like, first of all, they have time off their birthday, then their wives, then their granny, then their uncle that I had 100 years ago. And then they come up with and go, oh, I won't come in today because, like, postman's been coming to us 20 years and we're celebrating his birthday. I think, you're a fucking liar. You probably ain't even got a postman. <laughs> But they're, they're, they're the excuses, and I think it's just what's more annoying is why don't people just be truthful, you know what I mean? I mean, we all oversleep, you know what I mean? We all get an hangover, we all don't want to go to work, but, you know, they come up with bad backs, another one, because, no, you know, no one can detect that. Oh, terrible back, you know. Yeah, it seems to just play up on the Monday, doesn't it? Whoa. And then, then I'll go to them, I'll go, lucky you didn't go out the weekend. And they go, oh, yeah, I've been, I've been like partying all that. And it just went, well, there's a shock, isn't it? You know what I mean? <laughs> um, we spoke last time about your uh, the number plates that you had across all, all of your, your vans and your, your, your cars and stuff. I don't think I asked you this last time, though. Which one of the number plates would you say is the most expensive? Well, I mean, we had something like 180, 190 number plates. We had about 250 vans on the road. Um, what was the most expensive? I think it may have been, uh, what was that one called? It's like 24-7. No, Call Out. Call Out was quite expensive. That was a great one, Call Out, because, you know, that's universal. So many companies could use it. Or if you get anything 24-7, um, I mean, you know, the bogs, the labs, the toilet, the water, bidet, they're all great number plates. Um, my 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 favourite really was Drain, because that was the first one I bought. And even though I only paid six grand, I had sleepless nights on it, you know, I'm mad, you know. And then, you know, we turned down 150 grand. Um, and, you know, if I had the company now, you couldn't take that number plate off me for half a million. You just couldn't, because the value of it, you know, uh, and, you know, uh, I, I hear that allegedly the, the, the people that bought Pimlico Plumbers, uh, allegedly I'm hearing that they're, you know, they're not so keen on the number plates and they want to get rid of them. Um, I mean, I'll buy them tomorrow, you know what I mean? I mean, I'll buy the complete set tomorrow. So call out the number plate. How much is that worth today? Well, a number plate's worth whatever everyone wants to pay, but that's an underground all day long. But drain is the one that, that would real fetch the money because... You know, it's DRA, I think one end, and it's perfect. And, you know, there's a lot of drain companies out there and everybody would... I mean, I had about six or seven different drain ones in the end, spelled different ways. But the real original drain, I mean, I mean, we turned down 150 grand sort of 20 years ago for it. So I, I would put that up for about three to 400K, you know what I mean, all day long. I mean, I would pay that for it now, you know what I mean? I... Um, I'm trying to get a couple of decent ones for myself, and they're they're asking three, four hundred k, like CM one at one CM one. I am actually on the case of it's OBE. Yeah, really, I quite like that one. How much is that going to go for? Um, 
I think we've, I think we've been of about 100, 150k, so I don't think we're a million miles out, you know what I mean? But, um, I mean, I'm going to get that, you know what I mean? And I'm going to get CM1. I mean, there's no two ways about that. Yeah, um, lovely. So, look, um, I know you've been quite vocal since... Uh, there's a couple of things I want to ask you over the last few years that, you, you know, you've, you, you've given your opinion on and you've been vocal on. But I want to talk to you about, because I speak to all the entrepreneurs about this very subject, working from home and a four to three day working week. Charlie Mullins, I would say that you are an old school type entrepreneur. It's about hard work. It's about dedication. It's about grit, determination and just plowing through and making things happen. In today's world, 2023, does the work from home mentality culture, does it work? Uh, undoubtedly not. I mean, no, no two ways about that. It's it's breathing the, the next load of you know lazy people. Um, look, it works for some people, maybe five or ten percent of, of the working population, but it's the wrong way to go around it. It's all this nonsense about it's more productive. I mean, you know, what do you think your employee's going to say? You know, they're working at home and you say to them, are you more productive? Not going to say, no, I'm not. Of course they're not. You know what I mean? They're going to say, of course I am. And new brim sweeps clean and I think that, you know, that's starting to show through now. And more and more businesses will go out of, out of business by allowing their workers to work from home. It's like tail wagging the dog. Um, you know, and, and, and I know a particular company at the moment, they're turning it back round now. They're letting their workers work from home. And every time they was ringing certain members of staff, they was out walking the dog. Why, they, why didn't they answer? Them? Well, they probably didn't even have a dog, you know what I mean? It's just, you know, and, and, and that's the type of thing that, that people can make excuses. And people say to me, you know, oh, you've got no trust in your staff. So, yeah, you're right. You know, I've had thousands of staff over the years. And as many as some are wonderful and great, you've still got the, the people that will take the piss. And you see them take the piss in the office. And, you know, they're the ones that go to the toilet 10 times an hour. They've got to go and get a cup of tea. They've got an important phone call. You know, they're the same people. Now, imagine them at home kind of thing. They do nothing. I mean, there are some people are hard to get them working in the office and you've got supervisors there but that actually and I'm not condemning everybody works from home some people are great workers and it works for for some people but anybody that's running a business and allowing many members of staff it's all right if it's a one or two man band but if you've got 20 30 people I mean you know it's like when when you know lockdown was there and you know nobody should go to the beach kind of thing and everyone's on the beach so when you got all this good weather in the summer, is that person going to be sitting in the kitchen table or, or something and doing their work? Are they going to be sitting out in the garden or having a beer with their friends? I mean, it's obvious. So if you want to lose your business, start working from home. If you want to succeed in business, get an office, get people into work, and you're going to clean up, you know what I mean? Because there's, there's no better way than human contact and, and you know, seeing and dealing with the people you know. Um and that's my take on it, yeah, and, and many other people. And it's certainly having a reverse effect now. Um, so many people are going to lose their job. And, you know, the same old thing. If, if you can do it from home, answer a phone, send a few emails, and someone in India can do it like 90% cheaper, it's obvious where they're going to go. And I know many companies are doing that now. Call centres um, are, are, are more and more doing it because of, because of this work from home culture, yeah. Mm. And I think it sort of connects with this whole culture of, excuse making don't work too hard don't burn yourself out take more holidays if you feel a little bit ill get get yourself checked out and look i get being cautious for certain things but at the same time i feel like that real strong 
winner's mentality is slowly being diluted as time goes on. What do you think about that? Do you think the culture now coming through the workplace and also through the economy is becoming weaker or do you think the, the strong are still there? Well, no, I mean, there's some people that are always going to be great workers and, and got good work ethics and not necessarily older people because a lot of younger people, you know, they learn off of programmes like this and, you know, I've never met anybody in business that's been successful without working hard. And, um, you know, to work hard, that means turning up at work and putting the hours in. Um, so so I think I think a lot of people are thinking the opposite way, but there's still a lot of people know that's, that's the way to do it. And I say, if you want to succeed... It's not as difficult as it sounds. It is about, you know, don't do what everybody else does and, and, you know, knock that working from home nonsense on the head. I actually think we should bring in two rates of pay, you know, say 50% or 50% less for people who want to work from home. The other people get the full whack and I would actually pay people to come into work. I'd pay them more money, but I'd take it out of the people that are working from home. That's what I would do. And I don't think you'd be any worse off because... They're only going to produce 50% of work from home anyhow. And you give that extra money to the people that come in and they'd be thriving, you know what I mean? Um, I think it'll change back to where it should be when people, you know, like anything, they catch a cold and realise it's the wrong move. I mean, if it was the right move, then, you know, you know, you know what I mean? You, you know, everybody would do less, kind of like athletes, you know, so maybe an athlete should train only two days a week and not six days. It's nonsense, you know what I mean? I mean... You know, successful people will not be running a successful business from home, employing many people. But people have got a, an office and a base and can get people out and about. I mean, during COVID, we were busier than ever because more people was at home and, and that meant more problems go on. So from a business point of view, the work from home culture was great for business for, for us. But from a, a practical point of view um, and the economy, I think it's a terrible move. Mm. And talking about the economy and also talking about COVID and lockdown and stuff, I know back in the day when it first kicked off, you had an opinion about it, you had a view about it, and rightly so, because you're a business person and you employed a lot of people, you've got a lot of customers. But now looking at these parties that the government had, now looking at Matt Hancock kissing another MP, now looking at some of the leaked messages from the government in these WhatsApp groups, yeah. I'll, I'll quote you one. When should we release the new variant? It's, it it yeah. almost feels like it was a bit of a setup. So casting back to some of the comments you might have made, which is everyone should be getting a shot, and yeah. it, it, uh, or like how severe these lockdowns and isolations mm. were at the time, do you think that might have been an overshoot? Um, I I think we may have been misled, and and you know, all I was all I was doing was carrying out the guidelines and instructions from the government, and that was you know to social distance and wear masks and protective clothing, um, you know, don't have anybody in the office that's vulnerable. So we we carried out you know all the guidelines that they were saying, and and I feel it was necessary. I still feel it was necessary. I mean, because, you know, a, a, a couple of members of family died with COVID, our friends that died with it. So it was out there. I mean, we can't say it wasn't there. And I think if the measures weren't put in place, then things would have been a lot worse. But to what extent and when we should have got back to work and stopped and start, um, there's certainly, I think, been some misguidance on that side of it. Um, but, you know, if it started up tomorrow, I would do the same thing. I would, you know, if the government says... You know, you've got a social distance, you've got to 
have the jab or they advise you for the jab, um, I, I would still carry out. I mean, I mean obviously there's, a, there's, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty about it, but, you know, we carried out the, the right instruction and I'm so pleased we did because, um, you know, I think we would have lost members of staff through, through the illness kind of thing. It, it, was, it was, you know, yourself, it was, it was very severe out there and all of this is all new to, to sort of the government. Um, and, and, yeah, look, they certainly didn't get everything right, but I don't think they got it all wrong neither. Hmm. I mean, look, I think history does repeat itself a lot of the time, and I do think a lot of the governments may not be always telling the exact truth, but I think that's because they're trying to keep yourself in a position of power. There has been talks previously that you might go into government and try and do something as an MP. Um, is that still a, a goal? Yeah, well... Um Certainly, you know, my mind is to go into politics or something, and um, I'm going to be running for London Mayor in uh, for March, April of, of 2024, um, and really it depends how that goes. I mean, I think I'm going to be independent. I mean, I think, if I'm being honest, I think the Conservatives should, you know, have a chat with me, and I'd happily represent them. And, and then, you know, I'd probably have a better chance of winning it also because, you know, you get more Conservatives voting for you. But um, at the moment, I'm going to go independent, and uh, you know, depending on how that goes, I think I think I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be down to the to the to the last two or three. That's for sure. You know what I mean? Because there ain't a lot to beat, and I don't think there's anyone in the running that you know, like me, has lived in London all my life, work in London all my life, spend my money in London all my life, socialise in London, run a business in London. Um, there's not much I don't know the the you know, what Londoners need and require, you know, to keep London moving. So, you know, I, I think I'm in with a better shot than most people, if I'm being honest. What do you think about our current Prime Minister? Prime Minister? Um, I'm not too unhappy with him. I don't think he's got any bottle. I think he seems to sort of please everybody, you know, what he thinks he's doing. I'm not totally unhappy with him, but in the same token, I don't feel... I don't feel he's bringing much to the table, if I'm being honest. But, you know, he, he, he's got the cards he's been dealt with. I think it was left in quite a mess. And whoever took that job over was going to have a, a difficult time. Um, but I, I just feel that all the damage that's done through the COVID and the furlough payments, you know, we're suffering for that now. You know, there's no such thing as, a, a, as anything free. And everything that was given away, people just didn't understand. Of course, we've got to pay for it. Of course, taxes are going to go up. Of course, we're worse off with many quality of services and, and things. And unfortunately, I think we've got to pay for that for a number of years now. So whoever gets in as Prime Minister has got a, a real tough job. I mean, you know, virtually... I, I mean, you know, I think the best days of Cameron and, and Osborne when they was there was it. But once, uh, you know, it went on to Boris and that, I think... You know, it just went. It just went so bad that who's ever in the job is going to have a difficulty. But you know, I'm not totally unhappy with the guy. You know, but I think he's a snide. You know, what I mean, I think you know you wouldn't you wouldn't trust him. Um, and um, I think he's a people pleaser, and that's that's not really you know what what I feel we need. We need us. We do need a strong person out there. Somebody that's you know prepared to be honest and truthful, and and that's what we lack. I think in politics. Um, it's somebody that, that is prepared to speak the truth. And, you know, rightly I said to you, I'm going to run for London Mayor. And I've done a TV interview with Vanessa Veltz a little while ago. 
and she said, well, you know, what's your policy? And I said, well, I'll do away with um, bike lanes. She, she said, well, that's not going to be a vote winner. And I said, I never said it is, you know, but I'm being truthful. You know, I think they're, they're doing us more harm than good. And, um, you, you know, they're, they're bringing London to a standstill, which is affecting business, affecting the, the economy, um, affecting tourism. It, it's just, it's just, it just ain't working. You know, I mean, you turn two lanes, two traffic lanes into one, well, it just don't go, it don't work. And, you know, it's what, what they've done at the moment, they're crippling the motorists with all, all the additional charges and now they're spreading it to Sheffield and everything. I mean, you know, what's going on out there? I mean, you need somebody that, you know, transport around London is needed. You know, it's just needed. You know, I mean, there's no, all this nonsense about cargo bikes and, and you know, don't do this. No, they're, they're, they're talking shit. They, the problem they've got is they've never run a business and... And they just don't understand it from a business point of view. And and our, you know, to to get London moving, you, you need to get the roads moving. You know what I mean? It's so obvious. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, they got cycle. I just come back from New York. They got cycle lanes there, but they're not the, they're not like they're not sort of you know taking the lion's share of the road. You know what I mean? And everybody knows that if you look at a cycle lane, I mean, two hours a day maybe they're used. You know what I mean? And it's so obvious that. Then they put a big blank payment, then they put a big lane there, then they put another lane, and you think, what's going on here? It's just, you know, I know it ain't a vote winner, and, and I know it's going to upset cyclists, but at the end of the day, I honestly feel that to get London moving and get us back as a great city, you've got to be someone, have someone that's brave, not just a people pleaser. Um, I would do away with all this congestion nonsense, you know what I mean? And... And um, you know, and 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 just get London moving. And uh, I mean, uh, you know, it's 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 such a shame uh, businesses are shutting down now because of a cycle lane. You know what I mean? And you please somebody, he's he's he rides his bike half hour and half hour at night. I mean, what's wrong with him sharing the the bus lane? I would turn bus lane into taxi lane that is bike lane and all commercial vehicles in that lane. Um, and I would I would spread you know, people sort of using the, the times kind of thing, you know what I mean? Um, so that so that it flows differently. But you go up Park Lane and half the road is cycle lane, you can go from one end of Park Lane to the other and you will not see a cyclist. And of course at eight o'clock in the morning, yeah, there's a hundred of them. And and you know, you've got the park there, they've got a cycle lane in the park. I mean, it's just it's just it's 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 madness, you know what I mean? I mean you know, I think he's been the worst mayor we've had and and it just doesn't seem to get any... He's got no business knowledge whatsoever. And, and, and that's what worries me if Labour get in. They're not business-orientated. You need business people that, that, you know, to run London because all their money comes from businesses. And, you know, if the businesses are not in operation, then we're going to go backwards. It reminds me a little bit about uh, the Donald Trump being president's um, sort of conversation. Yeah. He not necessarily a people pleaser, and not everyone loved him. Clearly, but yeah. you can't deny that he basically backed up a lot of things that he said. So, what's your views on Donald Trump as a leader and as a president? Yeah, I think it was great, absolutely great. You know what I mean? Didn't didn't part with no old nonsense. He said he's going to do this, going to do that, and um, I think it was a shame when when he when he lost it. Um, you know, I think it's rigged anyhow, and I actually think he'll come back and win again and get in there. And we need people like him. We've got to have people that are prepared to put their head above the parapet wall and tell people that, you know, when, when something ain't right, it ain't right. And 
you know, unfortunately, we, we've become a culture now, as, as you know, like with the woke brigade and all that, you can't tell them this, can't say this, can't do this, can't do that. You know, it's like when you're employing people, it's, I don't mean it's a case of discriminating. If you feel that person's not right for the job, then for me, you have every right of who you employ and who you don't. And you have your own terms and conditions. And I remember setting up a business when I set the business up and it was so important to put the do's and don'ts and the terms and conditions like call it the Pimlico Bible and and I think that's what you've got to have with with many things that you know if, if that's your company these are the rules if you don't like it go somewhere else kind of thing but you, everybody's scared to you know oh you can't say this you mustn't say this you've got to call him him uh I mean you know I mean come on I mean you know we're, we're you know it's quite clearly there's a him a he a male or female I mean, you know, I'm not going to go in down the road of if you ain't got this and you got that and you're doing this and you're doing that. It's male or female. And, you know, I wouldn't employ none of them lot. When, when I start a new company up, if I get this person walks in and he ain't sure if he's an E or she or a fucking oddball or whatever, then um, they ain't got in a job. And I couldn't care about discriminating or couldn't care. I still know I'm better off about that person because they're troublemakers. Mm. The um, my uh, wife's dad, he's like sort of pretty much retired, but yeah. he works at a school in uh, in, De- in Devon, and uh, they've recently just installed a load of oh. unisex toilets. And oh. he says it's caused more problems because no, in actual fact, how it started is there was there was there was guys who now considered themselves as females yeah. going into female toilets. Oh. So what they've had to do is build loads more. Uh, uh, gender neutral toilets and that's also caused a lot of problems in the school of course because people dip in and out of them all the time Um, what is your view on transgender people I mean clearly there's a culture of it now but is it as simple as men are men and female female undoubtedly Uh, no two ways about it I mean if they can't make their mind up you know you you know what I mean I mean it's obvious who's male and who's, who's not and all this nonsense in the toilet I mean I think I'd, this, I, I'll speak here, I'll see it. I've struggled to go in a, a unisex toilet. You know, it, it, I've got one at Great Britain, uh, GB News, and, you know, you walk in there and there's like four or five cubicles and I'm walking in, there's a woman standing there, like, you know, whatever makeup. And I, I come out, I, I can't go in there because what would concern me, you know, it doesn't take a lot for someone to say you've done this, done that. And, you know, you could be coming out of the cubicle and doing your flight. You know what I mean? And I, I, I struggle with it. And, and I've, I've gone in one or two, like in the hairdressers, and, I, and I'm saying to the woman in there in the, in the toilet, oh, sorry, I'll come back. I'm like, she's going, no, no, it's all right. Oh, no, I'll leave it. You know what I mean? It's wrong. It's just not right. And it's going to lead to a million problems. And, oh, you know, I mean, you just know where it's leading to. And... What had ever allowed it to happen? Um, and it's so unnecessary. We've had male, female for thousands or millions of years. And, you know, you'd be respectful to, you, you know, uh, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. It's just so wrong. And, you know, how can you put sort of women and girls through the fact that, you know, they're in that cubicle and they've got a man in the cubicle next to him? And, oh, God knows. You, you know what I'm trying to say. I mean, bloody hell, I mean, it's just... Well, I've got two young boys. I've got a one-year-old and four-year-old, and they're very much boys. I know they are. Yeah. I would not 
take too kindly to a teacher, the media, or another parent saying, well, are they actually boys or, or could, could they actually be girls? Yeah. But that actually does happen. So if someone started treating or talking to one of your grandkids saying, well, are you sure about your gender? How would you react to that? Well, if they said that to me or your grand your grandchildren like yeah. a like a, a teacher because that's what's happening now yeah. around the world well i don't know how my grandchildren will answer it because you say they, they they get quite scared on things like that and it depends what age they are but from my point of view it's clearly you know just, you know birth certificate says you're male or female um and irrespective of how they're dressed and how their hair is you know that's it, it you know because you different clothes on doesn't turn you into a female and because your mind may think like that and and you know i'm not i'm not against people that have this issue and problem with it you know that that's that's the cards have been dealt but it just needs to be respectful that you know it's insulting people's intelligence male or female keep it simple um and i say it's just going to lead to so many problems and oh you know i, I mean as i say I, i'm as you're saying it now i'm thinking you know uh, just come back from airports and often now they've got a toilet that, you know, the male or female can, can go in and, but it's uncomfortable. And, and if it's uncomfortable for a male, how must it feel for a woman? I mean, you know, it, it, it's just so wrong and, and the problems that is going to gonna happen and, you know, people are going to be accused of, you, you, know, you know what I mean? You, you know, you know, like someone could be drunk and a woman says... Oh, he was trying to get in the door. He's looking under, or what? You know, these things are going to happen, and and you know, if you're put in that position, it's an hard one to get out of. And, and that's, I'll, I'll make it quite clear. I will not go in the toilets there if women are in there. You know, what I mean, I just, I'm not going to do it. And I just think it's wrong. Any, I think it's disrespectful. Um, and I, I look, you know, I'm like you. I don't listen to all these like oddballs that come up with these rules. You know, what I mean, they're not, they're not normal. They're they're like freak of nature, aren't they? You know what I mean? You know, you, you know, some of the things you hear, and it's insulting to women, you know, blokes on the internet or whatever they call it, and, you know, I'll suffer from this and I've got this and I've got, you know, and you're thinking, come on, you know what I mean? It, 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 nobody could be that stupid, you know what I mean? Hmm. I mean, um, I mean, you know, as I say, I, they, they, I know they need help, them people, but we mustn't let, let them think that they're right, you know what I mean? We mustn't allow them to be right. And um, and, it, and it's not going to happen in my lifetime. Whoever I employ, it be male or female, there'd be male and female toilets. And if I had an oddball there and he ain't sure what he is, then, well, he wouldn't get a job with me anyhow. And, you know, I'll call them what I think I call them. And if I get in a problem over that, I, that then let it be. But I'm not I'm not going to sort of go with, um, you know, the way the... the they're giving out these stupid instructions. And it's worrying for children, I've got it, as you say, because, oh, you know, I mean, look at all this nonsense going on with sport at the moment, with, you know, the transgenders and, you know, they're winning and, and then the, there's one there the other day, the, um, what, they, what they call that fighting where you're fighting and boxing? Yeah, in, MMA. Yeah, there's one there the other day, it's a bloke in there who thinks he's a woman and uh, he's wound up breaking the, the boxer's neck, right? And, and you look at him and you think, well, you know, you're a man all day long, you know what I mean? There's no two ways about that. And the other one was a woman. And I'm thinking, it's, okay, they're trying to put a stop on it, but, it's, I mean, what person in their right mind would make out you're a woman and then think that you've won something? I mean, surely your mind must tell you I've cheated, doesn't it? You know what I mean? It's like, 
it's like a 20-year-old running against a 10-year-old, doesn't it? You know, mm. you, you're cheated. But they're like, oh, look at me, look what I've achieved. I mean, they've achieved nothing, have they? They couldn't do it in their own, in their proper category. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, well, I, I, I hate everything about that, you know what I mean? That side of it, just cannot stand it, you know what I mean? So the government as well, with the current school curriculum and the way things are set out, does seem like it hasn't changed too much. So I'm 37, right? And it doesn't seem like it's changed wildly too much in, in, a, in the last few years. Um, and me and my missus always talk about this. National service, I think, would be a good thing to bring back. If you're unsure about what you want to do, go into yeah. the army, get a bit of routine, get a bit of discipline, get a, get the winner's mentality there, come out, and then maybe hopefully find something that you want to do. Um, national service, would you support it, or do you think you'd be uh, against undoubtedly. it? Undoubtedly. I mean, look... <clears throat> I wasn't old enough to be in that category at the time, but all our elderly people used to all say, national service, national service, two years straight. And they were right, undoubtedly. I mean, you know, you don't get people that necessarily, that, that you know, have got a job or they're trained or in the forces going around stabbing people. Do you know what I mean? So I would be all for that, undoubtedly. But, but I actually think that, you know, as a side to that, I think, yes, we can do it, but, you know, step it up a bit. But I, I feel that the other real answer is that when you leave school is, you know, you either got a job, um, you go to university, which is, is getting less and less people, I think, or you go into like a, a government-funded apprenticeship scheme. And I know that's not national service, but it ties you in for three years and it gets you, like, responsible. You know, I mean, I didn't realise that about my apprenticeship at the time. I think it was four years and, you know, I couldn't leave kind of thing. You know, it was a big rigmarole to leave. It was all like, no, you can't do this. And, you know, I wanted to leave a thousand times and a thousand times they wanted to get rid of me and it kept me in there. And then once you get over that sort of, um, you, you know, sort of used to sort of all of a sudden, you know, this is where you're heading and you've got to stick to it. And then it starts to pay off. So I feel that an apprenticeship scheme for youngster, once they get through that first six months... They're, they're really set up for life. And, 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 and now I understand why they tie you in because, you know, we all go at work one day and, oh, I've had enough of this and the way you talk to me and, you know, you want to get out of it. And, and, and I just feel this contract of an apprenticeship is worth so much. It's a bit like a weaker side of a national service. You're committed. This is where you start. This is where you finish. And, you know, there's the rules kind of thing. So... Whether it be national service or apprenticeship, I'd, I'd like to see the both, but I, I just don't think we're strong enough. Um, we're just not strong enough government to to implement things that are needed. Um, you, you know, and, and like like as you say in business, you use the word ruthless. I mean, I don't necessarily think I don't think you're ruthless, but if I had a few woke people sitting there, they'd be going, "Oh, you know, I've heard you got rid of this guy because he had a heart attack," and you know, load of bollocks, like you know. And do you know, on, on, I don't know why it's just come to my head, but I remember one of the, I can't remember which politician it was now, but there was, it was on this subject about, you know, the transgenders and also being like working from home. And it was all kind of that same pool of poor conversation. And then it come up about James Bond. Right? Yeah. And Daniel Craig was just finishing off his last movie. And, you know, if you haven't seen the last one, he, 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 he appears like he dies. He, oh, he, yeah. he, does, he does die. So they're now talking about the next 007. Oh, and right. And the guy came in, he's on public TV, went, oh, I think the next one should be a female. And I'm like, 
Are you saying that because you honestly mean it? Or are you saying that to be a bit of a people's pleaser? And it's, again, this whole culture of inclusion. Let's include everybody. You know, like you get a medal for coming second. Or you're a winner if you just take part. It's not about winning, it's about taking part. And it's it seems like the message is always being sort of diluted down. On that note, James Bond, should the next one be a female or should it be remaining as a male? Undoubtedly a male. I mean, there's no two questions about that. you know, all it does is strengthens all the nonsense going on. So of course, it's got to be a male. You know, I mean, it is. You know, why do we need to change something that's not not sort of broke kind of thing? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm. You know, I'm just anti woke, anti all this nonsense, and and happy to sort of put that point across. But of course, you know, it doesn't please. You know, people can't make oh, you're rude, you're ignorant, you're stupid, you're this that now. No, I have an honest opinion. You you just you're just people pleasing with people and. Um, you know, I, I definitely won't go down that road uh, and uh, at all. You know what I mean? I, yeah. Yeah. couple more questions, Charlie. I know this is going to sound a bit off topic, but I wanted to get your opinion because you know a lot of governments, you know a lot of successful people, you know a lot of celebrities, you know probably the royal family. So since I've interviewed you, there's been this whole kind of kerfuffle with Meghan and Harry. Yeah. What's your view on Meghan and Harry now? Same as before, they're, they're a fucking pair of waste of time arseholes, aren't they? Um, you know, um, and that's being nice to them. I mean, look, everybody knows you don't go against your family, you know what I mean? Um, and if you do go against them, you don't, you know, publicly sort of do them type of things. No, it's just hypocrites. I mean, everybody could see when Megan come on the scene that she was going to be a troublemaker. I mean... Everybody could see that, and it, this has been said when they first got together. You know, William William obviously sussed her out straight away and knew she was wrong. Um, yeah, he's made a bad mistake, and, and unfortunately, um, they're both suffering for it, I, I believe. And, and, you know, it's just a matter of time, really, before somebody wises him up and, and you know, they separate, really. Um, yeah, I mean, just what's gone on is just disgusting. I mean... Most people couldn't live that with that in your family, but you're talking about a royal family that traditionally for years have been serving the the, 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 the nation and, you know, they've got the respect of people. And now you've got two people like that just selling stories and, and making fools of themselves. So, um, yeah, I, I, I would just say, I, I always used to think Harry was a good guy. He was portrayed as a good guy. But now I just think it was all wind dressing. I think he's always been a snide light and a creep. Mm. And... Um, yeah, and a wrong one, supposedly. I mean, you know, for a father to not disown his son, but to be honest and speak up, I mean, the man's just an embarrassment, isn't he, really? It seems a bit inconsistent because they were both saying about they wanted a quiet life. They didn't want, weren't doing anything for the money or doing it for publicity. Yeah. But then they, they, they went on to probably the most famous podcast stroke show in the world, which is Oprah Winfrey. And they they done this exclusive interview for... Yeah millions and millions and millions of dollars i mean do you think they haven't got a backbone these two these two no not at all i think you know they're as low as the lows and you know i hate to see families split up because you know that's not what it's about and and she's called the riff in there but you know she needs to go basically um you know i just don't think she's you know she's 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 the one that's causing all the problems and, um, you know, I think it, it'll show through eventually. I mean, you know, what, they, what they've done against the royal family, most of the royal family don't want to know them now, uh, which is rightly so. Um, you just can't 
you know, it's just morally incorrect, isn't it? You know, um, I hear other people going, oh, they're so right and she's right in bringing about racists and this, that and the other. Look, if there was racists out there, I think it would be, it, 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 you know, I don't believe that they could get away with being racist, you know. Uh, I believe that, you know, if it was out there, then, then you know, you can't, you can't do one movement now without someone playing the racist card. Um, they've just, just seen it, as I say, he's, he's, been, he's been sort of brainwashed, you know. So um, it will, they will split up eventually, that's for sure. He'll pay a loads of dosh. And um, and then hopefully he gets back in the royal family and marries someone um, that you know warrants to be a princess kind of thing. Yeah, that's my take. Yeah. Do you think it was almost a plan, or she set up this whole scenario for a long time? Oh, undoubtedly, undoubtedly. This is like a business move for her. She comes in, get that status, yeah. plays this this strategy, comes out the other side, yeah, look, more uh, famous and, and, uh, and undoubtedly. More I mean, she's an actress, and uh, yeah, he's fallen for it. And you know, I hate to say it, you know. You know, it, it can happen to anybody. Do you know what I mean? I mean, you know, we, you know, sort of get that type of attention, I think. And, and you know, and, and it's not streetwise, is he? That You know, you think well, he's been in the army and all this and, and done that. And, you know, he, 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 something made me think he might be a bit streetwise, but he's not. He's absolutely clueless. I mean, I shouldn't think he could cross the road on his own. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and, and I'm being honest, you know yeah. what I mean? And... You know, it, and when you've had that type of upbringing, um, you know, he, and all of a sudden he's gone into this sort of like, oh, you know, I mean, I mean, I just didn't realise how stupid the man is, you know. <laughs> um, this is the last thing. So last time I interviewed you, uh, since I last interviewed you, we had the World Cup. Uh, then I don't. We spoke about boxing last time because I know you got a boxing background. Mm. As you well know, I box, yeah. and, and for me, it's the best sport in the world. Mm. I think it carries into your business life. I think it carries into sales. I think it carries into even kind of social groups because it's that that, that mentality, mentality, you, yeah. you know. But football, we didn't really speak about football. Um, obviously, Argentina won the World Cup. Mm. There's always been this debate about Ronaldo or Messi, who is the better player. So I wanted to ask you, who would you say is the absolute GOAT? Is it Ronaldo or is it Messi? I ain't got a clue. I'm being honest with you. I mean, I, I hear both their names. So, I mean, I'll, I'll only be guessing. So I, I really don't know who, who is. Can you ask me something boxing? <laughs> okay. Tyson Fury or Anthony Joshua, who who wins that when they when they all day long, isn't it? Fury all day long, hey, all day long. Yeah, um, he could. I think he'd take him out in the first round if he want. I mean, it's uh, chalk and cheese, isn't it? You know what I mean? I He's mean, far too skillful. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, chalk and cheese on 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 that one. Um, sorry about the football one, but I just. I mean, I can guess, but who, let me ask you the question: Who, who is the best then? Well, the argument is now that uh, Messi has won the World Cup, many people say it's him and they've always been. It's a bit like Messi is made in heaven and Ronaldo is manufactured on earth. So he's more a person that's had to dedicate himself to his craft. Where I'm not saying Messi hasn't, but you can really see that he's really had to put the blood and sweat and tears. Whereas this guy, the ball just sticks to his feet. It's just natural, natural to, to him. I think now more and more people are saying it's Messi because now he's won the World Cup. And which one's natural? Messi. Messi. Yeah, from Argentina. Right. Um, and he's a bit like, actually, Ronaldo is a bit like Anthony Joshua, has to work on it, oh, you yeah, know, yeah. and then you've got a natural fighter, someone like Fury. Yeah. 
yeah. it's really quite similar yeah, to that. Yeah, okay. Well, on that basis, you, you know, yourself, you you know, you can't teach certain things. You've either got that, you know, sort of will to win or will to, you know, kill or, or to achieve something. And um, it sounds to me that it's messy then, you know. I mean... I mean, what what I read about them. I mean, if 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 I was a football manager and I had to have one of them in my team, I wouldn't want Ronaldo because you know he seems to want all and everything, and it all revolves around him. Where the other guy, it's a bit like I'll I'll come up with the goods kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. one's a diva, one just cracks yeah. on with it. I mean, and and Messi is he older? Is is more I think old? He's younger. Is he younger? Slightly younger. Right, so obviously different parts of the world yeah. and different... Well, uh, so Ronaldo's just gone to, I, I believe, a Saudi Arabia team and Messi, either, it was either UAE or Saudi, yeah, Saudi oh, right. Arabia. They, yeah. they just offered him 400 million a year. He's at, currently at PSG. I mean, 400 million a year as a football player. Yeah. What do you think about that? Crazy. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, I've never been a great lover of the type of money they get anyhow. Um I mean, that's absolutely, well, it's just stupidity, isn't it? You know what I mean? I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, it's just stupidity. But that's how, that's how it's got. And, and and I think there's, you know, many things like sport, is that's how it is, isn't it? But people, you know, need to realise it's you that's paying for it, isn't it? You know I mean? I, I don't really go along and watch football. Um, you know, I've got nothing against it, but I've got to be honest, if, if someone's out there kicking a the ball and they're getting 100 grand a week... I, I don't think I want to watch them, if you know what I mean. It's a bit, oh, come on. Um, but, you know, it, 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 you know, as you say, sport's a great thing and, and, you know, it definitely helps you in your life. I mean, there's no two ways about it. It helps you in your life. And, you know, even the fact that, you know, if you carry on training and and, um, and you can obviously see how I do, and, and, and it helps, you know what I mean? It helps that you're on the ball and it helps that, you know, you're fairly confident with things and, you know, you're not sitting in a chair kind of thing. And, and I know that, you know, I know that I'm very active now um, because of training. And why am I training? Because of back to the sport. You know, it's it, it definitely a big plus in your life. I mean, well, you know, and, and, you know, I've heard many people used to say, like, you know, if I didn't do that, what would have I done? And, you know, and I think that's one of the things today, you know, where youngsters don't, haven't really got that, you know what I mean? It's not so popular, the sport, is it? You know, yeah, it's popular. I want to be a footballer and, you know, lovely car and all the bits that go with it, but not the hard work side of it. And, and I think that's such a shame because, you know, you can tell people that have done sport because, you know, they, as much as they don't want to lose, you know, they, you know, they, they're a bit more diplomatic about it, aren't they? You know what I mean? I mean, um, you know, and you, you know in boxing, you know, you don't get nothing for coming second, do you? Definitely. You know what I mean? Definitely. And, uh, and, and, and I think that throughout my working career, the boxing has come into it so much, the, the not going to give in and got to keep going and, you know, you get knocked down, like whether you're nearly going to go bankrupt or whether you've got a tribunal up against you or insurance case. You know, it's just like in a boxing ring, you... You know, you've lost that round, you've got to come back. And and, and I know that without the boxing, um, I won't be sitting here today, that's for sure. Mm. I, I know that. And, you know, I I, I couldn't get my pro licence through an head injury. And um, everybody says that was a blessing in disguise because you become the businessman you've become. And I have to admit that kind of thing. You know what I mean? If I'd have done the boxing, you know, I've still got friends now that, um, you know, uh, box when I boxed and they're not too well you know what I mean they they went pro you probably know the guy um, 
Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's just a different ball game. You know, they've had pubs and, you know, it gives them problems and yeah. they're getting health problems now. I'm not, you know, I've got my grandson boxes. He's a pro Harry. And um, as much as I think it's the best sport ever out there and, and I'm so pleased he's doing it, you know, I mean, there can be a downside to it. But, you know, majority of, of fighters get through it and... and what you achieve in, in, in the ring, I think it sets you up for life, yeah. Definitely. So I asked you this question last time. This is the last question. Be happy, never content is my philosophy, my catchphrase, my mantra, which I try and live by every single day. If I were to ask you for a second time, Charlie Mullins, what does be happy, never content mean to you? Well, uh Well, be happy is obvious, you know what I mean? That's, you know, you get up, you're enjoying life, um, you know, good or bad, you, you're happy. Um, the be happy, I love the be happy one, you know what I mean? I love that, I mean, I love it, you know what I mean? Um, you know, I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's a great way, but it's a very hard thing to, to carry out 24 hours a day being happy mm. because of... You know, life's difficult. Don't matter if you got money, you ain't got money. If your if your health's bad, if you got problems, you got you know family things. You got you know, you know, there's a lot going on in the world. Um, and I, I think it's so hard to be happy all the time. But I love to be happy. And the other one is not content. Be happy, never content. Be happy, never content. Um, and that's uh, your one. Is is that for you? That's that's what I came up with. In t when I was 24, 25 years of age, I started a sales company, and most of the people in that sales company, ninety eight percent were were fellas. So there's a lot of alpha male type type people, and to keep them in check, to focus on the day, yeah. the task in hand, came up with a mantra which goes: "Be happy, never content." And on the face of it, it seems like they're conflicting messages. Yeah. Because be happy, you would also think that's being content at the same time. My thing is, regardless whether you're having a bad day or a good day, you can find happiness within that moment. And never content means you're happy with life, but you're not satisfied with all the results. So you're yeah. driving forward. Okay, well, look, I'm a million for that then. Because if I've got this car, I want that one, the better one. If I go to an hotel and I've got this room, I want the better one. And, you know, if I buy an house and I'm looking, I'm all, before I've even moved in that house, I'm already looking at the one that's better and working out how I'm going to get that. Mm. Um, and it's often been said to me that you haven't got to keep getting better, Charlie. You haven't got to keep wanting better. But I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. I, 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 you know, I could, have, I could have been happy and content, you know, in like, you know, epoxy council flat, like, you know what I mean? Like, in a, in a, in a, in a shit hole on the rock and a mistake kind of thing. I could have been happy there, you know, as happy as Larry, you know what I mean? And and then would I be content of having that? You know, I still know people that I knew years ago and they're still living there and they're living that life. And that wouldn't be for me. And they, and they, they often say to me, like, I'm glad you've done well, but, you know, I wouldn't want to do all that, you know, worrying about work and chasing pan notes and doing this, doing that. Um, yeah, I, I, I disagree with them. You know, Albert Einstein said, if he had his time again, he'd be a plumber. And that's exactly what I would be. Yeah. Undoubtedly on that. And I'm, I, I believe I'm happy. You know what I mean? I don't think I'm unhappy. I mean, I've got no reason to be unhappy. Um, but, you know, I, I, am I content? The answer's no. You know, I mean, um, 
No, that's for sure. You know, you've heard me say that I'm going to go on another business in 18 months' time. Um, you know, got involved with Great British Radio as chairman. My partner's a singer and I'm sort of helping to push that forward. I'm doing property in Lambeth. I'm doing property in London. Uh, not in London, in Marbella. Um, and I'm still looking for the next thing. So, um, you know, I'm certainly not content, but I'm certainly happy with what I've achieved in life. I mean, you know, I, I'm definitely happy. And, you know, like you said to me earlier, do I, are you working towards being a billionaire? And I'm not, I'll be honest with you, because, you know, a lot, a lot of hard work, you know what I mean? And, and um, you know, I don't particularly, I don't want to die of hard work. I want to be able to enjoy it. And, and, and I know we all talk about this life balance and all that. And, you know, at one time mine was 95% work and now I'm probably probably 60% not and 40%, you know, am working. Um, and, and it feels a nice balance, you know what I mean? It feels a nice balance. Um, but if I was short with Dosh, um, you know, I'd be up and running tomorrow, you know what I mean? Mm. Mm. Charlie, thank you for your time, mate. I really, really appreciate you coming over to a new gallery. And on that note, what do you think about the new space? Yeah, look, um, first time I've came over here at Sackville Street, and and you know it's you know it, it's very spacious. Um, I can see that you, you're showing off the the, the paintings a lot, a lot more, a lot more quality going on. And I and I feel that I feel it's a, a big move you've made. Um, but yeah, I'm blown away with the gallery. I, I feel that. Um, you know, I feel that hopefully that when I get invited back again, um, you know, I think you're going to tell me that you're you're really booming. You know, I know you're taking on some new artists and that, and um, and it seems that this type of business seems to be a great investment these days. What what I'm hearing, so I'm very impressed with the building. I mean, it's a type of building I would buy if I'm being honest with you. And you know, we had a little chat about it and. You know, it's uh, it's an amazing building, and and I think to be where you are um, in Mayfair, uh, it ticks a lot of boxes. Yeah, yeah. yeah thank you, Charlie. All right, well wicked. Well, we'll definitely do a part three in the future. And thank you very much. And if everyone has enjoyed this, please subscribe, share it, and leave a comment. Thank you very much, Charlie. Again, and be happy, never content. Nice one, Steve. Thank you. Appreciate Top it. Man. Thank you.